Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dig In. I'm Kelsey Nash, Editor-in-Chief of Food Service Director. And on today's episode, which is our final episode for 2021, reporter Julianne Pepitone speaks with Brian Varon, Executive Director of Dining Services at University of Georgia. He explains how they're doing things a little bit differently and why he says there's no room for complacency at their operation. Here's Julianne with more. Brian, thanks for being with us today. You know, I want to talk about how your program makes meal plans completely voluntary. No one has to sign up for a meal plan just because they're a student. And that's very rare, especially for a large state school. So can you tell us about, you know, what's the philosophy behind that? And how do you as a food service operation work within those parameters? Julianne, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate the opportunity to to be on the podcast this morning and talk about our program. And that's a really good question. Uh, It's something, the voluntary aspect of UGA Dining Services uh, is something that has been around for quite some time. And when I say that, um, to my knowledge, decades. Uh, I've been on campus now for 20 years, uh, coming up on that anniversary here pretty quickly. Um, Been involved with dining the entire time. As as long as I've been here, we've been voluntary. Uh, And to my knowledge, it even dates back uh, prior to uh, 1987, 1986, in those areas. So it's something that we've you know, kind of hung our hat on uh, for a really long time. And we're actually really proud of it. You know, it's one of those things where it just seems like it's a right fit for our campus. Every campus is unique. Every campus has different needs. Um, I would think that uh, a voluntary meal plan uh, where it works really well for us may not be the preferred method in other places, and that's okay. But, you know, it's really a cornerstone of our philosophy here at UGA. And really it boils down to, 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 to a few things really. Uh, and, and I think, you know, for, for those of us that are in the department, we've been here for a while, you know, we often talk um, about the voluntary component and why it is important to us. And, you know, in some cases that gets to be a pretty personal answer. And, and that answer is, is that, you know, we all come to work and we, we earn the, the living that we earn and provide for our our families and for our personal needs and things like that. At the end of the day, no one that I'm aware of at least really likes being told how they have to spend their money. Sure. And and that's, that's a big thing for us. So, you know, when we ask ourselves those questions and we put ourselves in the position of our customers and our meal plan students and their parents, um, we don't want to be the entity that, you know, tells people how they have to spend their hard earned money. Uh, but it goes deeper than that. And I think it's more important than just that. And I think that when we have the opportunity to be face-to-face with incoming students and their parents or their families or support groups, uh, particularly during summer orientation sessions, we often hear uh, from folks as they're coming in uh, this notion that the meal plan is something that they must buy. They have to buy it. Well, we're always really quick to inform them and talk to them about the voluntary component. Um, And when we do that, it's important for us to convey to parents and students what that means for us. And really what it is, is that we are 
we, we really believe that the voluntary component instills a level of, of trust uh, from the parents and the new students in, with dining services. And we feel that way because we feel like we have to earn uh, every opportunity that we can get, every sale of a meal plan, uh, every dollar of revenue that comes in. You know, we have to earn that trust. We have to earn that participation. And there's really only one way to earn it. And that's by performing to the best of our abilities uh, every day, uh, regardless of whether it's during summer orientation or whether it's, um, you know, November 20th of, of, of the current year, we have to perform every single day or November 22nd is what I should have said. Um, but at any rate, um, it instills trust between us uh, as a department with our new families that are coming in and being part of our community. And, and I think that goes a long way. Now, we, we do have a captive audience. There's no doubt. We have- sure. Uh, as you yeah. said, but there's no, they might be captive in that, you know, a lot of people are probably going to make that choice because they're there on campus, but they're not, you know, it's not compulsory. They're not forced into that. They are actively making the decision to dine with you, to spend their dollars with you. And I, you know, that does make a difference. Yeah, it does make a difference. And, you know, we've got about 7,000 beds, a little more than that on campus. You know, we get high participation rates from on-campus students. Um, typically our participation rate with first year students is around 98%. The, the ones that we don't see uh, that participate in the program are students typically that are living locally. Um, there is a mandatory live on requirement for first year students via the housing contract. However, if you live in athens Clark County where we are or a surrounding county, you can get an exemption from that. Uh, and through that exemption, we might see students not purchase a meal plan. But overwhelmingly, we see really high uh, participation rates, and we've only seen growth in participation rates except for last year during the height of the pandemic uh, when we were virtual and there wasn't much going on on campus, and we sure. saw a decrease in participation then, but we're really happy to report this year um, that we're back up to those pre-pandemic levels of meal plan sales. So, Incredible. and you know, we talked in a previous conversation, Brian, about a little bit of what we touched on earlier that, um, because you have to go out and earn every sale, there is no, you know, for a lot of schools every year, it's like, okay, we know we, we at least have X amount, you know, that have to buy in with us. You guys are going having to go out and buy and, you know, go out and earn every sale. Um, and you were saying that that really kind of keeps you on your toes. It keeps you innovating. It keeps you engaged. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, we have to, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking, like, what can we do to enhance customer service? And, you know, especially in the past couple of years now, you know, when things have been extremely challenging on every level, you know, whether it's the current labor market and the struggles that we deal with there or uh, pandemic protocols like we were really in the um, dealing with last year, um, it's important that even despite those challenges, we don't get into a status quo kind of mentality. We've got to continue to push forward. We've got to identify what can we do to enhance the program, whether it's you know, creative menu options or new concepts, new things coming on board, transitioning to things like unattended markets. That's been a really cool thing for us in the past year that's helped on many levels, but also increased sales. That's in a retail environment. But again, it's 
kind of pushing the envelope. And now that we're coming through the pandemic and, you know, right now things are looking pretty good, at least for us here at UGA, we start thinking ahead, you know, two years, three years, five years from now, what are we going to continue to do? Because we don't want to, we don't want to rest on our laurels and then find ourselves behind the times and then our sales are impacted because of that. So always looking for new opportunities, always looking for ways to enhance. That's great. And I want to dig in a little more into those initiatives. You know, you've done a lot over the years to maintain and boost program participation. That's always been a factor for you guys. But as you said, especially during the challenges of the pandemic, you know, you've really innovated. That's included some of the areas you mentioned already, the meal plan, customization options, those unattended self-serve markets, gluten-free pantry, whole bunch of other things. Tell us about those meal plan customization options and some of these other initiatives and how you came up with them. Well, the meal plan customizations have been a really great thing for us this year. And it's the first year that we've offered the custom component. Prior to this year, um, we were offering five and seven day unlimited meal plans with or without paw points, which are basically flexible spending points, dollar for point values. Uh, We were also offering uh, commuter block plans uh, to supplement those, those as well. Those have been re- really well received over the years, but as time has gone on, you know, we always hear, you know, everybody likes customization. They like customization at station concepts. Uh, they like menu customization. They just like to make things their own. So we started thinking a- about a year ago now, you know, and as we're thinking, you know, customer service enhancements for the next academic year, what can we do? And it just sort of came across naturally of, why don't we look at meal plan customization? So what we have now is we still have the five and seven day unlimited plans. And those are really important plans. Uh, When it comes to the PowerPoint component of those plans, you have a custom amount that you can buy. So it's like a sliding scale between zero PowerPoints and you want from that. So you can slide that scale, pick out how many paw points you want, make that purchase. Um, We've also got an upper level housing plan now. It's a block plan and you can choose between 120 block meals per semester or go as high as 180. And then subsequently you can add a custom amount of paw points on the sliding scale to complement those blocks. The commuter plans, instead of being a 65 block per semester or an 80 block per semester, those now slide as well. So they start at 65, they go up to a preset amount. You can choose anything in between. And again, you've got those custom customized um, amounts of paw points. That you That's can, great. So people can really look at their school, their class schedule and their kind of eating habits from the past couple of years and, you know, really pick what works for them. You know, what has the reaction been from students and parents with these customizations? Well, it's been great. You know, when we started off on this, the first thing we did is we engaged students in, in what they would think about these plans on the way. And one of the key pieces there is we met with representatives from our student government association to not only get their feedback, but ultimately, or hopefully, you know, to get their support with this initiative. And of course, you know, again, people love customization. So the, so the, the support was there. The best news out of all of it is, is that coming 
out of last year's challenges. You know, previous to COVID, we had give or take 12,000 students on some type of a meal plan. During last year's challenges, that number dropped down to around 6,600. We knew that not a know, bad decline for a pandemic, well, though. I've got to really, say, Brian, it really, it wasn't. Um, but it was too low, you know, to sustain sure. over time, of course. So, but we knew that the path to economic recovery, really financial recovery, was to to get back up to those pre-COVID levels of meal plan sales. So we set a, a conservative goal going into this academic year. That you know, we ran the numbers, we 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 looked at things and said. You know, we, we need to sell 10,000 meal plans uh, mm-hmm. to really be back on good footing. Good news is we offered these new plans. We watched sales track over the summer. Well, we ended up around 11,500 meal plans. Wow. So the path to recovery um, is happening. And, uh, and, and we, do, we attribute that very much to these, these revamped meal plans. They still build off the foundations that they were, but offering that customization has just been a great thing for us. Sure. And just in the last minute here, Brian, I'd love for you to touch on those uh, self-serve unattended markets. Uh, You mentioned that this has been a real success for you guys and certainly something you plan to carry forward uh, even when the pandemic is finally over. Yeah, they've been great for us. So we've got a component of our retail program Campus eateries is what we call it. These, but these are basically small satellite locations that are typically in academic buildings across campus. Um, historically, they've been attended markets. We're all aware of the labor challenges and the environment that we're currently in with the with the labor market. Um, we had already been embarking upon unattended markets via our vending program prior to the the pandemic but we identified a handful of attended markets uh, spring semester last academic year going into the summer that we felt like we could transition to unattended. We did that uh, and it's been extremely successful for us. Um, You know, we've got good robust security systems in there, self-pay kiosks, but at the other, uh, on the other hand though, we've been able to expand hours of operations because they're unattended, we do have a crew that jobs these locations. They go two or three times a day to each location, make sure they're clean, stocked, presentable, all of these things. And our customers have responded really well uh, with the new market. Sales have gone up. Labor has obviously gone down dramatically. And the best part, I think, is we took... The, the, the team members who would normally be assigned to these locations, and we were able to p- place them in areas of greater need, like our residential dining program, maybe some of our busier retail locations. And what that has resulted in is us being able to maintain our full slate of concepts and options without having to close anything down during this really challenging period. That's fantastic. Well, it seems like with all these innovations and initiatives, you've certainly been able to weather the storm. Brian, thank you so much for your time today. That was Brian Varon from University of Georgia. I'm Julianne Pepitone for Food Service Director.